Hello, and welcome to Campaign Comrades, your favorite leftist gaming podcast. Boys, are you ready to take advantage of the Black Friday 20% off sale of Assassin's Creed Mirage made available exclusively through your in-game ads? <laughs> Dude, I'm so excited. Say, I Mike was my Assassin's Creed collection. Mike, Mike was probably the one that was, you know, most likely to <laughs> see one of see see one of these ads because they popped up in like people playing like Odyssey and and Origins and shit. Whenever you'd you'd log hit, in. hit the no, it's not when you'd log in. Pause when you when you hit pause. pause. Try, try try to like <laughs> or like to try to pull up the map. You'd get like a, you'd get a twenty second a twenty second uh, ad with just you know A B prompts close or buy now like that's just that's that, those are your only options imagine if it didn't even take you to the store it just auto it just auto bought, auto it. bought it yeah <laughs> like whatever credit card you got just yeah you got saved it's just okay done no no further confirmation required i mean it's it's linked to your it's probably like linked to your origins account or whatever so yeah or it's just like yeah it, it, it could absolutely connect. just auto buy it just like it's a forced view button not even a close it just forces you to go to the store every time and say an exit and say no i don't want Dude, to my favorite this part of this story was how they're like oops that was an accident sorry yeah yeah so many so many memes is like yeah the the accident was the flipping the switch on not yeah. not creating it because like, like the, this the fact that it's in there, in there it can't be an accident like you can't yeah. just be like oop i accidentally wrote all this code <laughs> that's, yeah. yeah that's that's this the part that just, it just happens <laughs> the ai happens did to point this towards okay. the store. <laughs> yeah chat gpt has gone sentient and it wants you to buy assassin's creed <laughs> I, Jeez, yeah. and this I is the second time are... they've done that just just to to reiterate, this is the second time in-game ads have appeared, and they've said, "Oh, it was an error or a bug." An oopsie. <laughs> I. When was the other one? Yeah, I don't remember the first time, which is just proof that, like, you know, that they can get away with this shit. Yeah. Um, and they will continue to do so because you know our brains are all already Swiss cheese. So, yeah. you know, the it next was... ridiculous thing that uh, any other company will do will just push this one out and. You know, we can't focus any longer than than an, uh, the twenty four hour news cycle. It did have. It was in twenty nineteen, so it was a little bit ago. They oh, were so like, was what it was the before was before. Yeah, uh, it was also in Odyssey. It was in of Odyssey, course, it's yeah, in the Assassin's Creed Valhalla. thing. That's, that's yeah. the only fucking thing that they would. Valhalla was twenty twenty. So yeah. That they have the ability to monetize. No, in it such would have been way. funnier if it no, was I knew any it would be other an game and it was an ad for uh, Skull and Bones. <laughs> <laughs> That's a five head move right there. It's like we're we're getting you in on. Although, didn't they have to refund pre-orders for that? I mean, I'm sure because it's been a long time, long yeah, long time. I think if it goes a certain length, they. Uh, who knows if there's any regulations? Like I'm, I'm pretty sure Metroid Prime Four had to put uh refund their their pre-orders. All right, don't get Matt started. <laughs> I didn't pre-order that. Say, so, you know, say, so just, just, I'm not saying that you did, but just you know, reminiscing and lamenting about the, the yeah. lack of Metroid. An Prime. autism rabbit hole. Yeah. I, oh, that's I not just, that even. That's not even that bad. <laughs> 
I, I can just appreciate that they're doing the Michael J. Fox Back to the Future. Oh, you're not ready for that. Uh, you know, they're Your just turning love it, it on, just, just testing it. They're like, one Your day. kids are going to love it, though. It's so gross. It's It's just disgusting. But yeah, it's like, this is clearly like, you know, was you know intentional at some point <laughs> yeah. just wait for wait for the ads to be built in such a way so that they've got a uh, subway surfer going on on one part of the ad <laughs> while the actual ad is going on somewhere else so yeah what do they them. what do they call I, it when they uh <laughs> do the ads during a free throw like they'll th- that's what we'll start getting it'll just be like oh my side God. by side <laughs> I, pre- I, I appreciate that free throws now take up uh 20 of the screen and the ad is now is closer game, to 75 percent of the screen ad yeah for sure sport, yeah. sports gambling live yeah. bet this free throw right now <laughs> <laughs> i Quick, can't wait until Who, who's gonna hit the next field goal after this free throw i can't wait until ads that you could skip are 15 seconds instead of five like <laughs> you know they just like they're like fuck it we're you know they're they're gonna suffer I mean, I, and more revenue i, I I bit the bullet and ascended past uh, ads on YouTube and pay for YouTube premium <laughs> well, because I, w- I watch YouTube on my TV and there's just no like proper way to do any other sort of ad blocking there. And it's just like, it's just easier to pay the $14 and not watch an this ad is, ever again. This on is YouTube. a bit of, this is a bit of a, of a tangent, but did you see that YouTube is trying to crack down on ad blocks uh, again? It already, it already did on, on ad blocker, like the most prevalent one. So I used to, I, I'm, I'm about to bite the bullet. They, they, like they did. They also did one of the accidental spoofs and goofs where they uh, unleashed an update that was throttling. Uh, yes, non chrome. Yes, non chromium uh, desktops. I saw that because the people were using Whoopsie. like Firefox yeah. to to use AdBlock to watch YouTube. Yeah. Fucked. Although you know, every time they do that, you know the. All the people who 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 make the the uh, the short or what the fuck the extension, uh, they 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 fix it. They they always find they find a way. Yeah. It's it's a constant back and forth battle. I haven't gotten that that notice in a while. Like I was getting it for, I was getting it for consistently for about like better part of a week. There's like, you know, whenever I would try to pull up a, a YouTube video on on only on the PC, obviously, but it would be like, yeah, like you're going to be like locked out of YouTube if you don't turn off your ad blocker. And I just would ignore it. And <laughs> I haven't I haven't seen it since. So because I think there has been an update. I think I I think I remember mm. seeing an update to ad blocker. So the, the ad blocker and Google devs are just going through a real life turn-based uh combat yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> complex courting ritual <laughs> i mean generally yeah siege. because what happens is you you uh you do that job well enough and then google comes in and buys your company <laughs> yeah yeah be annoying enough till they're like fine we'll fucking buy you but does does, does anyone here's your severance package now get the fuck out <laughs> does anyone actually buy uh ubisoft's you know explanation here i don't think so no, don't th- not a chance it, again you can't accidentally just like oops i uploaded ads yeah like that's the thing it's like sure maybe you didn't intentionally uh switch it on but you made the code 
Like someone I mean, did who, did get tasked with making that a possibility for the purposes of doing notorious it. <laughs> for having like quick links to their store mm-hmm. in, in, in the games. Like when I oh, played Immortal so, Phoenix Rising, when th- there's I played like three Mirage, separate overlays that can bring you to the store. When yeah. I played when I played Mirage and I'm playing on P- on PS5, yeah. I'm getting you know after any kind of progress or achievement or something i'm i'm getting like a pop-up like you know in the ui that's saying like you know redeem this reward on ubisoft connect yeah and it was so fucking annoying no the the, one of the breaking points for me with immortals was that it had like the the multiple types of currency Mm -hmm. uh i was like dude this is a fucking 60 dollar game you, yeah, you, I mean, you can't be linking me to a, to a store yeah, with Mirage, a multiple type. Yeah, Mirage is like we're getting back to basics, and that includes a cash shop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's move on from that because that's just depressing. But uh, you know where you know who's totally used to yeah. What's less depressing? Let's so talk you, about that. You, using <laughs> uh, using your your pop-up in-game ads it's the mobile gaming industry which mike mike you had a you had a story from from hey hey, so you got games on your phone i do now have one game on my phone oh i kind of i kind of stopped playing it i like was kind of marvel snap yeah i was playing marvel snap for a bit and enjoyed it i always got pokemon go of course, because I know I always get a notification Naturally. occasionally when Mike it's like Mike sent gift. Yeah. They'll open Pokemon Go and send gift back. Yep. <laughs> Usually I need to like fulfill a fucking like research task and it's like send 20 gifts to friends. And I'm I do have a good amount of friends, but I always I always send Matt one because I'm building up our, our friendship. So we can trade. Just it's like our oh. friendship parts in life. Um but <laughs> Most mobile games are not as popular as uh, Pokemon Go to the polls. Um, you know, well, I mean, any game well, that gets endorsed by Hillary is going to be uh, yeah, gonna that's be Hillary bump. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Pokemon so, polls, Pokemon Go to the polls is itself like kind of in a slump, isn't it? Yeah, but it, it has such a large. I mean, but that's, but that's, that's relative. But that's yeah, probably yeah. still relatively speaking, exactly. it's still profitable. It's, yeah, it's so seven it, years. Like, that's for, not uh, even a worry. Both the games, Pokemon Masters EX, which is the other one that um, people like, people a lot of people play it, and it's same thing. Like it has. What, dips, what about Pokemon Sleep? It. That's a mobile game, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but I'm I'm afraid of that. <laughs> like <laughs> Nintendo's like, gonna Pokemon sleep, sleep patterns. Yeah, no, Nintendo's gonna like CPAP be in every my night. dreams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're gonna be like uh, the guy in Rick and Morty that. Uh, you know, you could run, but you can't hide, bitch. The <laughs> Freddy Cougar guy. Um, but yeah, so according to, the, <laughs> according to this new report, um, 76% of games launched reach peak revenue within their first year, but only 4% reached uh, this peak during their second year. So, like, similar to what we're talking about with Pokemon Go, the drop-off, you know, that obviously didn't experience a drop-off like this, but uh, most games, um, you know, it, their their first year, if they're successful, 
you know, they're, they're doing pretty well, but that, that second year, everything, you know, uh, Hashtag it, they it's fell off. The, yeah. Yeah. They, they're taking the L. Um, I hit the gritty you know, on the grave. They're, they're, um, you know, it, it's part of that like 24 hour news cycle um, symptoms. Well, I mean, that, mobile you know, games in particular well. are one of those, like there are a dime a dozen. There are just fucking thousands of them out there. So, like, to stand out, you have to stay strong and unique long enough to uh, beat out Fortnite and Call of Duty Mobile. Yeah, yeah. Don't and, forget, and, and, don't forget Candy Crush, folks. You candy can't, Crush can't yeah. sleep on that shit. I, well, I, I heard a person love Candy Crush. I heard a person playing Candy Crush on the only toilet we have at work, and I was like, <laughs> dude, you can't be playing fucking Candy Crush when we we got fifty plus men in this office and we got one yeah. stall, like. <laughs> she can get off the pot buddy but so uh you know again talking about mobile games that have longevity candy crush pokemon go the you know the larger uh statistic from this report was that 83 percent of mobile games fail within the first three years of launch so you know um the, the statistic that 76 percent will heat will reach peak revenue uh and then you know drop off by that third year, you know, they're they're considered failed. I'd like to uh, see the correlation in between not correlation, but just to see how it matches this data matches up to more quote unquote triple A console or PC service games as a service. Yes, because yes. they these both occupy a similar or utilize a similar um well, there's a crossover bus- with a lot business of model well, i mean think, their, their monetization is effectively the same but you see yeah. something similar too is that the majority of those games fail you so have if you, think you have about a it. few behemoths that just print money and then the rest just fucking crater after like their initial run sounds like just the way the costs work is like the longer the game lasts, you have that baseline cost you have to pay every year to keep the game running, to keep people, you know, creating content to make the game last longer and whatever you got to do for that. And as you spread that time out, yeah, your first year you made a lot of money because you got a lot of people playing the game. So, you know, you made a decent chunk of profit there. But your next year, as you're still paying that baseline cost to maintain the game and you're not pulling the same player counts in anymore, you're, you're steeply running into the point where you're running negative quickly. Because you, you know, maybe you overinvested in new staff because you know saw, saw such a big bump. So you're like, yeah, we got to produce more content for well, Warframe. And and I, and I think that you know that's a good point. Like that, there's been an overinvestment in these games, uh, you know, in mobile games in general. And so one of the other articles that I wanted to tie in was <clears throat> that 2023 was the one of the worst years for. Uh, you know, labor in game development with, uh, you know, massive layoffs everywhere. Um, even with this, you know, the success of traditional video games, you know, just video game companies um, turning profits, they've just been cutting staff left at and least, right. At least anecdotally, what is what are like the investment needs for for a mobile game like this? I mean, they still these studios still have like pretty significant staff numbers you know they they require a certain you know level of just that general overhead infrastructure yeah they're they are 
Servers, in your space, in your in your mind, you want, you want to be like, oh, it's a mobile game that doesn't take as much money to develop and maintain as something like a AAA games as a service game. But I I have the suspicion that the the disparity between them is not as great as you would think. Um, but I don't see I don't I don't see uh, despite all these failures of these mobile games, I don't see at least the press response to there being lots of uh you know layoffs in mobile gaming developers so like uh in i think one in general there is a cycle with these mobile game developments and from this report you know you could see that of you know the games failing over three years um you know to matt's point of uh you know, once you have the baseline and then you're just adding things to the game to, you know, either continue to keep the base of people that you have or try, try to, to pull bring people in back in new like people. A lot of the times you're just trying to claw back to those big numbers. And yeah, or just to like a profitable uh, point. So, um, you know, like, I, I don't know if this is where you're going, but I did, I do want to add something there. And it's like on the cynical side of things, what, like, what is, failure being defined as because part of me thinks they might just be defining failure as a game being shut down but that isn't necessarily because it didn't make the money it was supposed to um well i mean so this report is talking about the you know the money that's being generated from these games and um just the support that they're receiving over their lifespan. So what I was trying to get down to was that uh, one of the other interesting statistics was just 5% of games um, that, you know, have live updates um, or, you know, have monthly updates, whatever, releasing new content, um, just 5% of that are receiving support post launch post uh seven years after launch uh seven years post launch i don't know why i couldn't speak there um so you know it's just this minuscule number that is uh you know that is a project that is continuing that you may have people staying on with but otherwise it's like you know you're getting shuffled probably to a new department for a new project because it's you know this quick turnaround um, and constant turnaround of these mobile games, which, yeah, to Andrew's point, they may be just shut down, you know, they may be profitable, but are still just being shut down because uh, of the larger um, video game industry <clears throat> economics of, you know, uh, companies being bought and sold, um, and, and especially these mobile divisions being shuffled around because it was seen as like this big investment um or you know what should be uh invested in over these past few years um especially with like you know streaming being uh becoming larger and larger um i'm gonna be really know, interested I, I, to see what like uh you know gamesindustry.biz usually does like an end of year yeah you know full infographic breakdown of the market and so to see like where mobile gaming is at because for the past like half decade you know in investors 
are you know makes sense that they that they want to invest and you know keep pumping money into it and well, some you know some pumping of the and pumping and dumping and being like okay this isn't working we can move on to the next thing because it's still be the highest space for growth within the industry is what it has been you know that the majority of money from gaming still comes from mobile well i mean some of the bigger breakthroughs in mobile gaming though were when you got that cross connection to like free to play pc games yep fortnite when you, when you started to get your fortnites your warframes your minecraft um, yeah like when you could start playing that on your phone is when mobile gaming shifted because now you were taking a quote unquote more premium experience from uh, either a computer or a console you had found a way to finally bring that over to a, a mobile device and you could play with your friends on PC too if you were a, a psychopath like that uh so for me i just think like i think this partially is the business i business model like they are purposely developing these games they're getting their their whales in it for like a year and that's where they're making most of their money and then at that point they're just saying it's not worth supporting anymore let's just make the next one where we can capture the same whales and they, they, they take they take their massive new. bonus in the first year uh disappear into the sunset yeah pretty much. so i, I think andrew and I'll, I'll wrap it up with this i, I think you have a, a good read of this <clears throat> that it's an artificial cycle of them realizing you know uh the the games that are going to last a decade, a generation, are, you know, one in a million, Pokemon Go, Candy Crush, shit like that. Um, Clash so, of Clans. Yeah, Clash of Clans. So they'll continue support on those. But otherwise, they could, especially if it's tied to another existing IP, um, they could release a game that first year, get all the money that they want, have you know leave it on for two years and have have this cycle um where they're just you know they're cutting games starting a new one um and, and you know only devoting resources into the the one in a million uh when they need to so you know back to ben's point of not seeing layoffs in this area um there's actually like two-thirds of the studios were conducting layoffs and and downsizing um you know may not have been huge because their departments are are smaller um but uh you know there is 29% of developer budgets were cut um you know then that's a statistic for the the um yeah it is uh, interesting the industry that you're not seeing you know with with how prevalent layoffs have been throughout the industry and how uh how much um time publications have given to covering these stories that yeah i'm not seeing the same level of coverage for for mobile gaming and i think yeah, it's and probably probably a a inherited bias of you know mobile gaming is not you know it's the not real you know, gaming not guys. real gaming yeah if you're, and, if you're and, a mobile and I, and gamer think... you're not a real capital g gamer you so, might have this. I, you might be racist. You might be a misogynist, but you're not a real gamer unless you're sitting <laughs> at your desk, sweating your ass off with Cheetos on your fucking crotch. 
and and I think that a lot of the layoffs here may um, not, in a sense, be true layoffs because I bet there's a because of the cycle of these games that so there's this quick turnaround. There's constantly a new one to get the boom and then get out. I'm sure people are shuffled around, um, and so like those layoffs don't seem as as big because it's really you know an artificial layoff of laying someone off that project because I'm sure there's a lot of contracted work. Uh, and then, you know, rehiring him as a contractor on the new one. But last thing I'll say about this is from a CE, the super scale CEO and founder. Um, so uh, I, I think this is interesting, you know, having uh, agreed with Andrew's reading of this, you know, uh, can, you know, failed games being canceled games uh, in the cycle in this industry. It says, these are volatile times for the games industry. I'm talking about mobile games. Uh, many mobile game developers are finding it hard to remain profitable in the face of challenges and heavy competition in the mature mobile market and macroeconomic conditions like high inflation. He goes on to say, this is a wake-up call for the industry. So, you know, mm. not sure what this wake-up call will necessarily be. Um, you know, I'll leave that to our our listeners and to you guys um but you know wake up call means no more pizza friday guys sorry <laughs> we got to make cutbacks yeah my, my last thought is just you know again kind of bridging the gap between this and this is the general software as a service type system um that we're seeing some a little bit a little glimmer of uh you know executives realizing that you know this is not the path for this is not the guaranteed path forward mm -hmm. to success that like you are going to end up dumping a lot of money and not seeing that return as as is guaranteed um you're seeing that you know with sony you know basically delaying six of the proposed 12 games as a service that they want to put out um but that being said i still don't see them abandoning this model because the ones that they're, they're i mean one we know we know executives are always out of touch they're just thinking about yes they may realize only one in in you know a thousand games hit that hit the heights of Fortnite or something like that but they're like but we can i know and believe in our team and we can be that one so it's worth sinking, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, down the drain to then cancel it within a year because, you know, like classic Square Enix, you know, fashion, it didn't meet expectations. Wait, and, you're not excited for Foam Stars? I just not fear that it, I just fear that it, instead of realizing this isn't the business model, they'll just, you're just going to see development budgets cut and things are just not going to be even at the level of quality we currently are getting that's that's kind of my fear with all of this and where it goes because i think you're right ben like maybe that we have seen some resistance to it but i don't think they're abandoning this business well like what uh hell divers 2 is supposed to be one of their first ones that comes out that's next year so that'll be a good litmus test or what it's looking like going forward that's not gonna that's not gonna quote unquote succeed there's no way 
you know, <laughs> it may be fun, it may be good, people may enjoy it, but there's no way it's going to hit, you know, any goal milestone that they're that they're looking for it. Like I put my well, money. I mean, down any now, goal no or way. milestones inflated, you know, because we're we're pushing, you know, for infinite growth. Yeah, there's no way. But like there's there's just but there's just no way that 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 property a sequel to a more niche game you know is going to yeah. have the cultural cachet to take the gaming industry by storm. Well, no, that's why I'm saying it'll be an interesting litmus test to see how they react like, to it. See what? Yeah. Well, to see to see if if it pulls anything whatsoever, and like what that pull actually looks like, and whether or not that's deemed successful or not. Mm-hmm. Speaking of success, Matt, and this does tie into the kind of mobile gaming thing as we'll get into. It's, well, a, yeah, bit of, gonna... it's, a, it's a bit of a leap. It was like, how would you gauge the success of some of our newest mobile gaming technology in Sony's PlayStation Portal? See, my and connection was going to be releases. that uh, I don't like mobile gaming because touchscreen gaming is uh, is bullshit. But then, as soon as, but then, as soon as you get your, as soon as you get your PlayStation Portal, where the trackpad in, instead now is just a touchscreen. <laughs> no, that I was going to go more along the lines of like talk about. Then you would, you know, do the next logical leap is you know you get your backbone. Yeah, uh, yeah. Matt and I were talking last night about the the backbone. And it's like how yeah, not a viable for solution a solution for those of us with with big meaty paws. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the so. the way it holds onto a phone, it just kind of like feels not great. It feels like the phone wants to come out and like puts a lot of strain on the USB C port. Mm. Things like that. Uh which is why I'm not personally uh I also have a phone that's incompatible with a backbone. And I was no, gonna ask no one if makes... yours yeah, if yours is usable with a backbone. No, no, no one makes any type of accessory like that for my phone, which is sad because my phone is probably the only phone I would want to use for like a remote play type experience. You just have to use a a controller. Yeah, a regular controller and a stand. But like the the idea would be that to be mobile at that point, it would be have to be inclusive, like held held together. And I'm not going to go to Etsy and buy someone's 3D printed clip. Yeah, they do have those. I'll say they do have those things where you see people like with an Xbox controller that's got clipped to their cell yeah. phone. Yeah, they sell yeah. them on Amazon. So they're they're more professionally 3D printed. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I'm, even I'm, I'm like putting, Razer makes one. I'm not putting any of that on my phone. Yeah, with yours, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that either. Um, but yeah, so. PlayStation Portal. Well, like my phone is the, the perfect idea for that because of the way the screen is built, like the size of it and the the aspect ratio. Almost like it's it's not far off of the portals, is it? No, that's what I was saying. Like I'm like if you could come up with something that like felt better than the backbone and felt like a real controller in hand, but like had that type of portability with my phone, I would be all in on that over the idea of the portal more. But like I'm still I still kind of I'm intrigued by the portal and it's uh its launch has been interesting it's been sold out which a lot of people point to scalping as a source which is inevitably going to be part of it but you had to order it through uh, Sony Direct this this first order cycle and the Sony Direct limit? required yeah it was a one one per account yeah but let me tell you something the homies up in the Bronx making a lot of accounts 
getting a lot of pre-orders. Let me tell you. Yeah, it's I mean, free. Good it's luck. free to make. It's free to make a Gmail yeah. account and exactly li- link link that to a you know a Sony when, account. And and when you want to be scamming that, you I mean, know, that I, extra my, my follow like up that, there is good much. luck trying to scalp an accessory. Yeah, that's my thought. Is like, is like, there really that much of a market where people need this that badly that they can't just wait for the next? They've already run? said there's going to be restocks. Like at uh, early gonna December, there's the going to be. They a... already scalped a PS5 too. Is is the scalping in itself an indication of its success? Do the scalpers have a? No, scalpers are stupid. Yeah, a little bit. Like, of I'm not even going to let you there. finish that thought. Like, no, that, that is not yeah. even close. Scalpers are some of the dumbest people. <laughs> they, they, they see some items. That's why like, they're yo, sitting there the, making the slime controller for account. Nintendo Switch. That's going to be a fucking item right there. And they, they buy out the Switch slime controller thinking they're going to get like 200 bucks a fucking... The Xbox pizza, uh, T- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle pizza controller. The Pizza Scent controller. That is <laughs> a hot fantastic. ticket. That's a hot ticket item for this holiday season. Fun fact, folks. You can make your own pizza scented controller for free. <laughs> <laughs> Much and you'd cheaper. actually get to enjoy pizza while you're doing it. <laughs> Um, I mean, I would hate you because I hate anyone who handles greasy pizza and then grabs onto a controller immediately. We should do a sketch, uh, like commercial for a competing pizza controller. Make your own, make your own DIY. So, what have you seen though about like the reviews and hands-on stuff? So the the interesting it? thing about the portal that I've seen is that generally the responses from the, the people that I've seen go hands-on with it have been positive on what is delivered. Like, it is a dual sense with a good screen, and it play, does remote play. It's like if you have a setup that plays remote play well, you have a, like, you'll have a good time. Um, but, like, it, it is still remote play, so you will inevitably have, like, uh, one of them time. that I saw was while playing Spider-Man 2. Uh, slight artifacting on like the windows and stuff as you're swinging through the city because it's just a lot of uh, high speed motion and graphic generation to push across an internet bandwidth. That's and that's where like I wasn't, I didn't have high hopes for this, but I was intrigued because I figured it would mean Sony at least had some sort of better connection with the portal and the playstation but the reviews i saw all essentially said that the playing experience itself was pretty much the same as yeah any other it's it's just remote play the the entire thing that you're going for when you buy this is that you get the the full dual sense with the the screen is actually pretty good from everything that i've seen that reviewed have reviewed it from a like a visual clarity and motion standpoint it's not like the the brightest screen you're ever gonna see, uh, but under two hundred dollars, you're not really gonna see a lot of screen brightness is over six hundred nits. The the real kicker for me is, and this is like the connection back to like you know the backbone and mobile, essentially mobile gaming, and you know, really begs the question: Why does this device exist? Is the fact that there is no uh, internet browser on it, so, so you can't when... watch porn. sure yes that is that is an issue but no when you're like if you're trying to actually use it outside the house 
with Certain hotels uh, and with airports a pri- and stuff with, require with like a internet pu- browser authentication. A public network, yeah, that requires uh, authentic- authentication. Usually, it takes Which you folks, to like a browser so that you aware, have to accept. If you're going somewhere service. and they're requiring you to authenticate to use their Wi-Fi, they're tracking all the shit you're you're uh, you're browsing, all the porn you're watching. They got a high speed definition um feed in their office that they're also watching alongside <laughs> good for that good for that yeah um enjoy the uh i know i should care more about like my data protection but at this point in my life i don't fucking oh care. no i'm yeah. just like, w- uh, it's always funny to see which places do it and you can always like uh yeah like, I, hotels I, are always looking to skim a little bit of data i off went you because... i went to i went to a bowling yeah. alley with my nephew last weekend or we don't be watching porn ago. there no, but like I had to check something for work. I had to see if like I was getting like because it was up in yeah. the air if I had to do a go to a meeting or not. If I had to leave at a certain time, and you know I have no signal because I'm up in you know East Bumfuck, Vermont. So it's like I got to log into their fucking internet, and I had to go yeah. through the whole, the whole rigmarole of accepting terms of service. But so it's like you can't do that on the portal. What you have to then do is is connect to the internet via your phone and then tether the the uh the portal to your phone via hotspot so it's like you're still using your phone's internet so which if you're if you're a true mobile gamer you've got your phone hooked up to a vpn and then you're (laughs) hotspotting it's just like at that point again it's just like you're you're back just using your phone which you know already had the ability to to remote play for like basically no extra cost because it's like again with this thing you have to have the the ps5 so at this point you have a controller that you can connect to it and you have to use the internet on your phone anyway so why not just use your fucking phone you see um, i was doing some shower thoughts two hundred dollars to still do the exact same shit it's just like it really does not make sense to me it's like this is purely a device made to be on your home network while you're on the toilet in bed or the annoying kids need to watch coco melon that's it yeah, which which has use case. There are people out there who this will help them play more games. Which, sure. uh, generally speaking, I was discussing this yesterday at D and D. Why I think they went this route is that if it fails, it's easier to just be like, it was a niche accessory. We ran it for a small a couple small runs, didn't pick up, and we canceled it. Wow. Versus the investment that you would have to go into for a full handheld PS Five. To then be doing the thing where you're creating a split skew, where you have to tell your first party developers they have to make a a, a portable like 1080p 60 frames per second uh, like acceptable version, version and a yeah. uh, I mean I think that's the PS5 reason. version alongside it. Honestly, still cowardly to go that route, but I get yeah. it. Yeah, no, I I agree, but, so, but I think he, I think that's me, it. Let me tell you about my my shower thought this morning. While I was uh, while I was reaching higher planes of existence, off. <laughs> um, I was thinking about what they could possibly do to alleviate some of that issue and try to like make it more where it'd be like think about like for the PS6. What if the PS6 was a, a hybrid like the Switch type console, but when you dock it, it's an external graphics card that you know boosts the graphics up to you know that four that 4K full plus experience that you're you know used to experiencing from a full Sony. Uh, console launch but when you pull it off you know the integrated graphics can play it uh, a 1080p 60 and be fine i don't know i think if they to... did, i think if they did that there might be a japanese civil war 
Yeah, well, probably. Because <laughs> I was also thinking about like physically how you could make that work with like a disk drive, where it's like you could have the disk drive on the the stand, and as long as like it's powered, you could have the the handheld maybe like call back to the system and like turn on the disk drive Again, to authenticate for play. As, as much as I loved the UMD whole gimmick of the <laughs> PSP. Uh, <laughs> They don't need to do that. I would be okay. And yes, it it would limit some functionality, but I would be okay if it was a digital only device. Like I've said this yeah. many, many times. Like if I could, if, if it was like seen more almost as an accessory to the subscription service, it would make the subscription service even more appealing. You know, well, it, the, would, the, it would, to get that extensive library. So the, the thought process that brought me. buy premium versus... Something the else, thought process the that brought years. me to the hybrid system concept was that if they made a dedicated handheld PS5, it would cost more than a regular PS5. Mm. It would be six hundred plus dollars without even like a hesitation. Um, well, right. I mean, Steam the high end Steam decks, uh, yeah. you know, are like uh, it. It would be without without even blinking. It would be six hundred plus. I would not doubt seven hundred plus. Uh, yeah. Because I think you, you know, should call Sony. Hey, hey, Mister Sony. Um, because I think it is a good idea that, like, you know, the when it's in the stand, that's just an additional graphics card. I mean, that's that been my thought for since the Switch came out, that, like, all yeah. you would have to do for a Switch Pro is release a dock and software update that allows it to externally uh, boost a GPU. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I don't Giving know. out I, too many free ideas. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm I, gladly going to give them out to people for free if they want to do all the hard work of making it actually <laughs> fucking happen. I've, I, I, I find it just difficult to gauge you a the, demo. the success of, of this launch, right? I mean, yeah. I, th I think most of the Sony accessory launches have been pretty mediocre, uh, to, to be honest. One of the, like, one of the interesting uh, splits that I've seen when discussing it was uh, bringing up the fact it was like, well, it's $200, and it's like, well, so is the, the Edge. Like, there are other sony like they have a new the the new earbuds are also two hundred dollars like yeah, two hundred dollars is kind of their like premium accessory uh price at this point i don't think i don't think success will be, be able to be judged until we see you know i still want to buy it i was actually a little bummed out that it sold out because i like i was like oh it won't be that big of a deal like i'll be able to go like a couple days in don't have to worry about anything i can buy folks one. spam ponies in the chat do it do go it for now. it <laughs> call it i ride the lightning baby <laughs> uh, you know, the more i think about it man i think you are right that it's you know just gonna be an accessory that failed they got yeah. their money you know, and like I, I've read some stuff it. that they've been developing this since 2017, which kind of makes sense. And that had originally yeah. it was a DualShock 4, and it was kind of like uh, their way of bringing back because the Vita could remote play the PS4 and like bringing yeah. that to a, a better device. So like yeah, just upgrading the tech they kind of already have so yeah. that, you know, and then making some money off it. And I mean, there is when, some fun you know, parts ready. here where it's like the Vita did originally launch for like $200. It's like you could have bought the Vita in its entirety for 200 bucks in 2013 when it launched. But $200 then isn't $200 now. I'll explain it later. But that's all I got for the portal. I still, I'm intrigued enough to try out the experience. 
And I would be, like I said before, I would be less intrigued by it if someone came up with a more, uh, a more luxurious way of mating DualSense controls with my phone in a way that doesn't feel like someone's uh, engineering is my uh, passion fucking 3D printed project. <laughs> <SC> project. <laughs> Andrew, do you think I... you're, you're the only other one who was remotely interested in this? I have, I have zero to negative interest in this product. I... Yeah, I I don't know. Once it goes on sale, there'll be a time it gets me probably, but like I'm not going to buy it right now. I want it. I do want it, but like I don't. I don't want to want it. You're ashamed, rightfully I'm, so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm addicted to anything that gives me full dual sense controls and the dual sense is such like, a control. I do like the dual sense controls. I do love the haptics. When I was playing D&D yesterday, the dude that got that haul was like I've been an Xbox dude my whole life, and he's like that Dual Sense controller is something special. Mm-hmm. It's like you've been touched by the hand of a Japanese god. Um, I mentioned the likelihood of a Japanese civil war if if they were to come out with a, a switch competitor, a handheld, a handheld hybrid. Um, so another 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 civil war that seems to be brewing that uh, is you know going to be my transition today like i was i was thinking about this as i'm my my story is about star wars knights of the old republic and the back and forth that's been going on <laughs> with is it alive is it dead is it not it's dead it's alive i won't talk about it but we're so the the, the main the main uh the main uh scoops that we got came from you know renowned insiders and uh and journalists Jeff Grubb and Jason Schreier. And it, as I was thinking about it again in the shower this morning, getting my getting the shower thoughts going, I'm like off. that seems to happen more frequently than I like than I had that originally Jeff thought. Jason. They seem to be like they seem to be like at odds with each other. I mean, I'm sure that so, they're totally totally amicable. Yeah, but it's like I'm sure the I'm sure that just they like, get seem to be completely always like I'm uh, sure gaming journalism another. has the exact same type of competitiveness. Yes, I know where you're going. Sports journalism. Oh, has. I, for sure it does. Absolutely. And, and the does. narrative counter narrative that you'll get from you know guys who have you know player insight versus guys who have you know uh, agent Management, insight yeah. versus uh, ownership insight. This is this is gaming's Woj versus Shams. Oh man, I, I love me a three AM Woj bomb. <laughs> I don't know what I you're fucking my, talking my... to, but those names are fu- are very funny. <laughs> they're, they're, they're basketball reporters. They're they're the two guys who report all the big things. And a Woj bomb is when he tweets out like LeBron James has requested a trade, or. Um, <laughs> Kevin Durant has requested to leave the uh, completely baseless. That shit's completely baseless too. I love it. I love the hustle. Yeah, they're great. But like, I don't know. I, I constantly will see like Jeff Grubb will come out with this statement that like game like, dead, yeah, game dead, or you know n- nobody likes this shit. And then uh, Jason Trier will actually be like the people yeah, I talk to. Yeah, I actually have Everyone X number uh, like. And I, I tend to lean more like if I had to pick, I tend to lean more in the Jason Schreier camp because his sourcing he talks to the actual se- workers. But it's like yes, and his sourcing seems more thorough. And like he obviously, you know, being a journalist is not going to name confidential sources, but he'll do things like say, I spoke to an explicit number of people 
like, you know, in this department, in that department where Jeff Grubb's comments kind of, and this is no hate to Jeff Grubb, um, is to... Oh, I love Jeff Grubb when he makes rumors that uh, affirm what I want generator. He's a click generator. It kind of seems that way because it's just like, he just like will just make these kind of vague comments. And because most of the things that cause headlines is he's not like publishing. I mean, he worked, Giant Bomb does, you know, publication stuff, but like it's most of the shit just comes on him doing his podcast. You know, it's just yeah. him talk. It's him talking where, and, you know, maybe this is like an, an elitist, you know, coastal elitist bias of mine that like, you know, Jason Schreier's mostly come out in writing. You know, his scoops are done. A real in, medium. In writing. Um yeah, something you can put your name to. Granted, granted, in this case, uh, Grubbs was on a podcast and Jason Schreier's was a tweet. So, uh, you know, real medium, not, not a full you story. Mean, not a full you mean story. X? No, no, I don't. Um, dead naming X. Good. Uh, you know, the, if, the man who famously dead names his own children. Yeah, say so if I did, if <laughs> you know, doing that, maybe yeah, you'd think maybe Elon would actually, you know, be supportive of that. Uh, but yeah, so. To the actual the actual story, it's like the back and forth, is Knights of the Republic remake dead? Is it alive? Is it dead? Is anybody working on it? When the Jeff Grubb thing came out, I like was going back in our group chat and I'm like, you know what? Like I don't I don't and I, I phrase it like this is like I don't know if this is cope on my end because I want this game to come out and to succeed. Um I want to play a modern KOTOR. You don't, you, yeah, you said they were working on something else so that they might not be working on it right this instant because well, they're yeah, finishing it's like up Saber. So Saber, like, so we following the the trajectory of events started with Aspire, who was who all you know, this this shitting is, themselves. Yeah, well, this this is a you know uh, a you know there's a whole other context going around that these are all Embracer Group subsidiaries, and Embracer Group is fucking imploding um which so, yeah when they I, just lay off another, like 900 people another tan another again? tangent another tangent the embracer group shit is really fun is really weird to me i don't know like what to think about this because seeing the employees you know let go sucks it's terrible it's really bad i and i i do not like that yet you can't you also kind of need to square the circle that it's good that they're not getting two plus billion dollars from fucking saudi arabia you know <laughs> yeah like, let's not forget that, that like, you know, having Saudi Arabia, like, you know, kind of worm their way into the gaming industry is really insidious and gross. Not great. You know, you know, fam- I mean, like, it's already famous, too hum- late. Yeah, but... famous human rights abusers, uh, you know, love to, you know, and, and you no, know, fun- wrong funders of extremist they, groups they hosted, love to love they hosted to hosted the World know, Cup do gaming. Uh, two summers ago and, or a summer ago. And you're wrong. So. Uh, it was a overwhelming success. Yeah, international and, heroes. And, and how and how many uh, wage slaves died in the huh? in the in the building of what? all those? What? Huh? huh? How many how many migrant slaves? Uh, you know, died building these these structures and stadiums. Yeah. So it was a noble. But they cause. had jobs. They had jobs. I don't. Yeah. So so they they also had, the very was in Saudi Arabia. No, it's Qatar. It was, it was Qatar. Yeah. Qatar. Yeah. Qatar uh the uh but still um you know saudi like it's 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 wild it's it's just it's that this whole thing as well it's like yeah i'm glad that that didn't happen but you know bummed that it has resulted in well i mean the other the other thing is like not not to 
pile a little bit, but like Embracer Group as a whole, like the people that like the groups that they've laid off from haven't released things worth celebrating, really. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a bummer in, in the see, nicest it's a way possible. To see, it's a bummer to see a kind of a classic studio like Volition get you know shuttered, yeah. but yeah, the I, this was another story, another tangent, but like the 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 Saints Row reboot was almost completely different in what we act, what we as fans actually wanted, but there the execs were like, no, we're going to do a, a Bro, quirky, I was reading that story a quirky, and it felt a like quirky the, reboot. Yeah, my felt like was the just, Thunder Gun. This is um, my John Claire moment. I've I've gone felt like a John Thunder Claire Gun moment. Maximum Cool episode, where it's like you you got the woke version. Yes. And they, yeah. Oh my god! It's it's like the, one of the rare cases they, they have the version where, going, where they going hang woke on. does does make them go go broke. <laughs> um, it's just uh, it was it's bad. Okay, but so rounding back to to Kotor, it's just the so starting off with Aspire, who you know largely made us made successful ports of lots of star wars games you know the switch ports are thought of pretty highly with the exception yeah. of the class action lawsuit being uh made against them for not uh not finishing the dlc yeah, for not including the dlc that they <laughs> that Oops. they promised that they would for kotor 2 but um uh although i think that suit got tossed out recently um but yeah, so Aspire was like largely successful successful for that, but they're like a porting studio. Like they're that's not really, you know, it was a little it was a little odd that that's they were the ones who were selected to head up this monumental project that like, you know, was a big should be a big deal to Embracer. Um you know, this is a property that they should handle with care because if they do, they will make a shit ton of money, which was the biggest indication to me that like that something about Jeff Grubb's break didn't make sense. I don't see this as a game that they're willing to give up. Um, either it, it makes yeah. sense to me. It, it, that, there's too much on the line, and it's like particularly with how precarious things are with Embracer right now. That if they get this right, this is this could be like a saving grace for them. You know, mm-hmm. they need, you know, this, the, the, the hit and I don't see how they're willing to give this up. Um, yeah. Things are back to the drawing board because the vertical slice that Aspire gave them was so bad that pretty much the entire management team was fired. Um, but so then it moved to Saber the, Interactive. The, the experience with which that happened was wild. They're like, oh, we're so excited to show you this this prototype that we've got for you. You know, Sony Bye. Sony and Embracer execs take a look I, at I it. I remember. Like, hmm, you're fired. I, I remember <laughs> I the news of it. And it was fired. like in the morning, like uh, to show off a vertical slice later. And it was like uh, a day afterwards. It was like most of the people at Aspire have been uh, removed from the project. And fired from the studio like not just removed from the project but fired yeah uh so moves to saber interactive a more you know reputable is not the right word but like Mm -hmm. qualified i guess studio to handle a project of this size um i mean folks look at what they're doing what we've seen so far with the space marine 2 it looks awesome it looks incredible looks beautiful looks gorgeous um and like a, a techno like i hope it releases in a technically sound state because it, it look it's boggling you know boggles the mind to see like say the number of like enemies that they have on screen at any one time with a fucking yeah. 
Tyranid Swarm is just insane to think about how they're they're managing that, the scale of the things that they're dealing with. But so that has made me think, okay, yeah, they're going back to the drawing board, giving it to a more uh, qualified studio. There's no way this is coming out anytime soon. That had since that news broke a while back. That has been my feeling. It's like, okay, they've completely scrapped everything that Aspire worked on. They're back to like the real pre-production phase, which is usually like a couple creative, pe- you know, a couple people on the creative team are like drafting fucking documents and doing some, doing some minor uh, sketches and shit. Yeah, of, they're they're uh, they're doing concept storyboarding. concept art, and I mean, with a game like this, they don't have to really do storyboarding so much because the story is already fucking there. Um, no, but like you still do have to sketch out. You're you're remaking the game. How some of the story and stuff plays yeah, out. Well, yeah, yeah. This presented. one because it has to be built from the ground up, technically speaking, because none of these assets are reusable in any way. Um, it's a <laughs> I much, hope not. <laughs> it's a much different. It's a much different kind of remake. It's than say something like The Last of Us. Yeah, it makes so. Like, if this was can't just be like reused and upscaled. Was, that's that that can't happen. Yeah. If this was marketed how it was when it was originally unveiled uh early in the ps5 life cycle and then they like release it and it's just an up-resed original KOTOR. <laughs> no there's no way that that that's going to happen so to me i'm like yeah and particularly we also got the news that you know that space marine 2 has been pushed back um to the second half of 2024 that like you know that they are really working to make sure that that game is good which yes sad for me i'm excited to play that game but i want the game to be really good i mean it's so. better to we we mm-hmm. we've always said it's better to release in a state that's acceptable than to release at uh, dark tide levels. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I like and that's that's like the the trend you get with most Warhammer games. So which is why I'm like yeah. I'm like really got my fucking fingers crossed for Ro- that Rogue Trader Eurojank. If it comes out well um, <laughs> uh, in in a couple of weeks, but uh, so in my mind it's like yeah like three people are working on this at, at right now you know this is not a priority for them but there's like and jason spoke to all of them yeah and it's and that appears to be the thing is he spoke he's like at least the two people that 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 jason trier spoke with they are you know in that in that part of the of the you know that pre pre-production basically they've completely gone back to the drawing board so it's like yeah who do you lend more credence to uh you know jeff grubb or jason schreier in this situation and it's like as i'm trying to you know do the it's fucking... too late jeffrey i've made you the soy jack and i've made yeah. J- jason the the chad yeah i don't see how this this is you know truly dead and it's because what, what this also ties into uh, the the whole bit with sony delisting all the videos and and trailers and all that shit and their claim about it being like oh uh uh music license and stuff copyright because to me it's like okay that is believable in the sense that like yes this is this this has truly that gone back to the drawing the board with well trailers. it's like that, that this has gone back to the drawing board they've completely scrapped any mention of it so that people can't point to being like oh but you said it was going to be like this type of thing where it's like if they're completely starting at the beginning and then also the things about license licenses it's like yeah we have now no idea when this game is going to come out why would we keep paying for the license um, we'll wait until we have a better idea of what's going on and we'll do a new trailer. Plus, new it's not like there's any shortage of Star Wars games upcoming. Because uh, you've got like... Uh, they want to release one a year. Yeah, because next year's what? Outlaws? Outlaws, that, that I Ubisoft think. Ubisoft one? Yeah. 
I'm Which... I'm 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 foolishly optimistic that that could be good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm foolishly I, optimistic about Avatar, so I understand I, it. I, I love seeing a commando droid in a fucking duster. Yeah, I I love that idea. It's um, a it sick would, duster, yeah. Yeah, it would only be better if it was if it was three Jawas in a trench coat. Um, but uh, yeah, I I I'm I'm on the the Jason Schreier train at the moment. He, however, he has said in in that same post that um, he's like, I don't know if this game ever comes out. Not saying yeah. that this means it's going to come out. <laughs> but it's currently, yes, still being worked on at some capacity. It hasn't been officially killed. Yeah, I don't know. I still don't know if I'm just coping to the extreme, but I don't know. Where Where do you guys I'm think? I'm with do you. you. Think, do you think it's still yeah. it's still on life support? Yeah, I think it's, so. It's I don't in the back. It's, it's in the back to tank. Scrap. You know, in it, the back to tank. Out- it may not come out until the PS6 yeah. in like or like ten years. I was years I was just then, thinking it, it it's more likely to be a PS6 PS5 cross launch title yeah. than it is to be. Uh, it's uh, definitely a not PS5 for game. sure. It's not going to sure. be shelved forever. Like I, I don't think yeah. this is a game that they would start the unless something like really you know crazy happened another sale or, of lucas or something yeah or, or like something. lucasfilm is like uh no we can't trust you with this anymore we're or, taking or it, it back. turns out that star wars as just an entire ip is just a pedophile like yeah, it, it yeah, turns out yeah, yeah i yeah, mean yeah. An, another another interesting thing is the um you know you never know exactly what these contracts might have in them uh and it and it may have a set period that they have to you know, uh, perform because they can't, they can't have, uh, you know, just like an, an infinite license to, to, you know, build this. And again, I don't know exactly how they work, but my thought would be that there is some sort of, um, timeline that they have to complete it in and maybe the licensing reverts back and then, you know, maybe they don't have to pay a fee for, or, or they do pay a fee, you know, whatever. Um, so they could also be waiting for that, and then you know Lucas Films will have to resell it or you know put it at another studio. Um, but even in that type of scenario, I don't think that this project will be, you know, shit canned forever. It, it's it'll find a home and it will be remade as too much of like a cult following and you know critical success uh, to not be remade. They've hyped it up too much, you know. It's just like Metroid Prime 4. It'll happen. Oh, yeah. yeah. Metroid Prime 4 is definitely more likely, again, to be a Switch 2 game uh, cross-launch. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those games that that will happen. It's too big to to fail, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Nintendo is kind of riding super high right now on just the fact that, like, pretty much most of their major IP that they've released this generation have just like done bigger numbers than they've ever done before. Fucking gangbusters. Partially because the switch, the switch's install base is just uh, really good. Like what, one of Nintendo's best uh, install bases they've ever had for a console, which is why they've brought all the good games to it. Uh, Mostly just Xenoblade one, two, and three. It's all you really need. That's like 600 hours of content right there. (laughs) I, I the next like big break in in game releases that I'm tracking happens. Xenoblade Two will be my uh, 
my next my mech my next time sink. Then then I'll get to ask you redhead or blonde. Yeah. Uh instinct right now is to lean redhead. Yep, correct. Uh, Sol- solid choice. Yeah, that's that's my that's good, my good instincts oh, always. Yeah, yeah, that's my uh I mean unless you like being denigrated, which uh, is you do you know, there is a little <laughs> bit there, you know, like yes, there's a little a little bit to like there for sure. Um the degradation kink definitely does does that's the does, Jew in you is alive and well, yeah. Absolutely. Um Cat- you love to, Catholics you love to, and Jews. You have love, that to, you love to be a disappointment. Mm-hmm. Um okay. Yep. Uh all right, so let's uh let's let's move on to the next one, which I'm pulling up the article that you sent, Andrew, and fun, funnily enough, it's another Jason Schreier piece. <laughs> the goat. We're we're just rebroadcasting his info. Yeah, we're yeah. That's that's basically how, how our how our news. J- our Jason Schreier orbiters is that the the term people use? I mean, we, we should we, we should become reply guys. Mm-hmm. Jason Schreier reply guys. We should do that. We've said it before, but we should do it. A fun, a fun arc for uh, the pod. You know this 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 whole saga, as it's been uh, you know unleashed, has been enjoyable for me to watch on the outside. It's been an interesting saga on its own. Oh, I'm I'm eating on, on yeah, this, uh, yeah. slop. It, <laughs> is, <laughs> it is immensely funny to me. Uh, we got Call of Duty Modern Warfare Three, the 2023 edition, released. What was it? November 10th, I think, right around there. It looks like it around early November, I think. Yeah, <clears throat> and um, folks were not thrilled uh, with the game in its delivered state, but that didn't stop them from playing. Uh, so everyone was mad about it, and then a week later, it was the highest played Call of Duty of all time. Like, oh, yeah, good job being mad, guys. Because let's not forget, let's not forget that like what was so roundly panned was the campaign, the, was the no campaign that like nobody plays. Yes, there are the real <laughs> sickos who, you know, pay for like the deluxe edition that gets them early access to play this campaign that, by all accounts, lasts all of three hours. Three hours. Yeah. Imagine paying twenty extra bucks to get three hours of pre pre play. That are just recycled fucking Warzone maps. Crazy. If, uh, if there, if there's an argument to be made for where games as a service is a good thing, it's it's Call of Duty and sports franchises. And essentially, what they did with this version is they live serviced it. They took what was going to be an expansion DLC and and turned it into a full game. Uh, yeah, you you had to you had to insert fucking Modern Warfare two into your two. into your console. Yeah. Did you even yeah. have full trophy support? Nope. No, no, that's too much to ask. Um, but like we said, nonetheless, this game still sold well. It's performing well. They had so here's the thing: they did some funky. They did a little bit of funniness with their numbers because it didn't sell as well, but. It did have the most, um, what do they describe it as? Like, essentially, they describe engagement time of any <laughs> Call of Duty release. Oh, okay. Highest okay. concurrent player count. Yeah. yeah. Hi- highest, it was that and uh, the most hours per player 
of any game within the first two weeks. So I guess, yeah, that's a success because um, I'm sure they made money. And, you know, we're just letting them force more slop down our throats and gamers are eating regardless. You saw so many like COD content creators and shit being like, you can't let the, you know, doing the Breaking Bad meme, you can't, they can't keep getting away with this. You know, like we got to hold them to account. And then, yeah, you see, you know, 10 days later, they're like, look at the fucking sweet double kill I got. You know, I got my, I got my first nuke in the game. Oh my God. Thank you. You know, thank you, Activision, for making the best, uh, you know, they have to specify the best multiplayer version ever. No, the, the apologia was pretty, pretty quick. It was, well, uh, once you get to start killing brown people in game, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's all over. It's Jover. It's Jover, folks. Yeah, I. I That's why uh, CS uh, call um, CS two did so well because the the basic premise of terrorist versus counter terrorist always just sits very well with people. Yeah, but people loved being the the Taliban based. Based is right, but yeah. So Call of Duty. Uh... We got delivered a full shit show of a product, not even a real game. Uh, full price, though, and... Yeah, well, don't forget, like, 200 gigabytes. But Doing then they'll be like, oh, yeah. but you don't need all 200. You can undownload the, the campaign because you're never going to play it. And <laughs> yeah. I just love, Somehow when, the three-hour campaign is 50 fucking gigabytes. Yeah, when, when, Matt, when Matt sent that article, just the, the caption underneath was just, unserious company. <laughs> like... <laughs> I was I was laughing. I was definitely laughing. Love you, about that. but you are not serious people. No, they are not. They are very much not. It's just like neither are Call of Duty players. So no, they are not. Match made in heaven. Yeah. It really upsets me to see how how successful this is. You know, both as you know, just as a haters. You know, I say as as <laughs> as what haters. As player haters. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We are definitely so player I, hating. I think it is an interesting, like, cultural phenomenon. In Mike's that... been real quiet because he's secretly been playing Modern Warfare <laughs> <laughs> this entire this yeah. entire podcast. He's been playing. Uh, yeah. That's almost why I shut the camera it. off. Oh, so yeah. Almost done. Almost. almost done with it. <laughs> no, Cam went off because I had unstable internet connection. Um, but it, it, COD is kind of like a cultural, an, an interesting cultural phenomenon in that it got to like become so popular and reached like the height of its popularity right after uh 9-11 you know it, it, the the years well, i mean it didn't exist before 9-11 if i don't remember correctly yeah. there was like, other like, in, like 2002 was and, like, the first one games and yeah no correct but I, that that it wasn't existent before but what i'm saying is like it came 2003 out 2003 was 2003 was the first one so you know would have started it would have started its production you know and would have been the pentagon he- walked heavy, over and heavy dumped, into its production truck right, around, right around then yeah well i mean just my point being that it came into a, a specific cultural you know period in time like in the united states in 2003 you know in the subsequent releases of it all the way through like 2008 to you know 2010 say that period when you know it's leading up to its like huge build there's more and more people playing video games more and more people 
that you know at least they were more like, subtle in its propaganda wars. at least they were more subtle in its propaganda well, I mean, than, you know because it was it was, early it was world war ii was always historical right. it was world yeah. war ii yeah. so it's like they can they can disguise the propaganda and yes. the shit by it's be like yes we're we're we are promoting patriotism through like mm-hmm. the one good war this that america that america exactly did how stalingrad worked out exactly and so one, like one soldier saved the entire uh mission <laughs> in, so like in that time period not only do you have the, like the video games but you also have you know in tv so much t you know tv revolving around you know uh Operators. terrorism and yeah 24 exactly so oh my God. but we've seen <laughs> that peter out the like movies <laughs> and shit peter out but there's something like i guess carnal to you know for young children playing fucking cod that has like created this well it's because it allows them to beyond their inner the, like, pro-war imperialism that we had during that time which may be seeing a revival uh you know because of recent events but you know again the the tv kind of petered out but cod remained as this like cultural touchstone of you, you know, see the funnier yeah, that one nationalism, to me nationalism that imperial that... you know propaganda they, they they have stuck with the you know they tried to say you know we're not going to do yearly cod anymore and you know now we're on you know year three after they said that of having a yearly cod <laughs> yeah. um um fun fact there but we, we we're not even getting new cods anymore because they they're already they've already said next year's call of duty which again another year where they're releasing one after saying they weren't yep. Uh, yeah, but they're not new ones, so they're ops. not releasing a COD every year. They're just redu- they're they're doing the. Is it a sequel to Black Ops in Black Ops Two, or is oh, it it's, just, it's like what they're it's doing the with reboot Modern for Modern Warfare, like they did for Modern yeah. Warfare? God damn! And Induce, and reuse, and on top on top of all of that, they are crunching their employees for this shit. Like and you know are, why they're doing this? They are so that they screwing can, them uh, over. They can control the search so that, like, in the future, when people look up Call of Duty Black Ops, <laughs> they they get funneled to the newest version. They can't find. They have to, you know, type the year in to get the the proper date one. It's all yeah, SEO optimism. Yeah, that the the piece that you shared with us, though, Andrew. Yeah, like does talk a lot about you know getting insights from the workers. That it's like the majority of them thought this was an expansion. Thought it was going to have more time, you know, say it was going to have more time. And then when they're like, oh, nope, it's a full game. uh, They're like, yeah, you you don't get to have have friends or family anymore. No Uh, more weekends. We're chaining you to your desk. You shit in the bucket. So you say it like that, but the way we view it is we brought, um, we're we're shaving your living costs. We're your family now. Providing you Um, food. Yeah, we're providing you with a kitchen. So you don't have to pay for electricity to cook your food anymore, but we, uh, you can buy your food from the company store with company uh, script. Yeah. Yep. We we have we give you company credit. <laughs> Activision bucks. And and you're gonna be absolutely embarrassed by the final product. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're going That's to be the actively kicker. requesting to have your name removed from the credits. <laughs> yeah. It is definitely depressing to see the the flip of, you know, because it's like you, you get that, you know, you get fooled and you get that glimmer of hope. It's like, oh, my God, are COD fans finally coming to the light? Have they yeah. found Jesus? No, no. no. Never. Sa- Satan has his firm grasp around them. He will never let them go. Satan always prevails.
He does. Uh, and I think I think that will do it for us. And now Satan is controlled by Microsoft. Yes, <laughs> uh, which you know it's gonna can only get better. It can only get better from here, folks. Right, <laughs> right, mm-hmm. right, right. Uh-huh. All right. Well, that'll do it for today, folks. Thank you, boys, for sharing your stories this week. Uh, let's see what is on the agenda. We'll be sharing some new stories next week. From the yes. talking about my adventures Again. as a, a yakuza thug we will yes we will be doing my game pick of the year for the month of december we will be t- talking about yakuza zero uh that is gonna i gotta do some i gotta do some 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 prep work and some ref- refreshing of memory because i i played this early in the year so i need to <clears throat> you know seeing you guys play and talking to you guys about what you've what you've done has you know brought brought a lot back but i, I do want to refresh my memory and do some more research into the series and, and in terms of its production and history and how how zero got made so that's what i'm gonna be doing this week um and then i think in the month of december we'll only have one other episode of the pod it will be our year-end wrap-up that we will be doing as basically our version of the game awards that's another another thing i need to put some work into is revisiting our categories and getting that out to you guys so you can think about your your nominations and we can be hopefully hopefully i'll have power this this year so i don't have to (laughs) to trek to maths with my with my microphone and laptop and all that uh fingers crossed that i'm able to to get that done and besides that you can follow us on twitch at twitch.tv slash campaign comrades Ooh, there's another thing that I'll talk to you guys later on, on uh, and I, I keep forgetting to bring up. One thing I want to implement is I'm pretty sure we can, we can even as affiliates, can co-stream at this point now. I think that Twitch is letting you co-stream now on places like YouTube and, and other mm-hmm. things. So that's I'll something that up. I... I want to try to set up. I'm pretty. I'm like 99 sure that that's true. Yeah, it was like in one of the the newer updates. I mean, it's probably like a month or so ago now. But so be on the lookout. You might see us streaming live on YouTube as well. Um, we will. Uh, we will be at. Uh, we'll, we'll be. You know, we're doing some some new stuff content wise. Hopefully, got some exciting things like doing some some tabletop one-shot episodes here on the podcast in the new year but uh those things will uh will take shape as they will and we will see you in the next one bye bye everybody <laughs>